You are listening to Sharing Connections, a podcast from the Center for Conscious Caregiving, and I'm your host, Rich Carney. Sharing Connections introduces you to holistic teachers and practitioners where we discuss various topics and techniques to help build resiliency. Each week, get to know our guests who are empowering caregivers and transforming caregiving. Hello and welcome. It is a beautiful day today. It's raining, but I love the rain. Um, This week, we're going to do something a little bit different. Um, I have with me again, Carol Strelick, and we're going to talk about listening. I had gone through Carol's grief recovery method program here at the center, and an important part of that program is listening. And she had this wonderful image that she had each class, which was a heart with ears. So that when other people were telling their story, you would just be a heart with ears. There was no response. There was no giving them tissues. You just listened. And I thought that was really important and it was really powerful because not a lot of people listen. And that's why I invited Carol with me today so that we could talk about that. We can talk about what listening is, how to listen, the proper way to listen, and um, just kind of flow and surrender and delve into this topic. So thank you so much for joining me, Carol. You're welcome, Rich. It's always a pleasure to listen to you. (laughs) Good to be here. Yeah. Um, So I know a lot of people, and I'm sure you've experienced this as well, where people say they're good listeners. (laughs) They say, oh, I'm such an excellent listener. But once you kind of take a step back and really look at them and analyze them, you can tell that they're really not. They're not good listeners. And it's not really their fault either because some people just don't know. And I was, I'm a, uh, I would say an okay listener before taking the grief recovery method. But then after and really practicing, because I really think it's a practice, the heart with ears, that's where it really elevated my listening skills. And I can say that I'm a, a pretty good listener. Um, so can you tell me what has your experience with listening been? And were you always a good listener? Um, <laughs> and anything that you've noticed with people um, in your daily life and with uh, the grief recovery program? Mm. Uh, certainly I was not always a good listener. Um, I think culturally for a variety of reasons, um, none of us are really taught, uh, trained, even have the awareness that listening can be so helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, it's really an art. I think it's something like you said, it's a practice and it takes practice. My experience was for a long time, without even knowing the word listen or listening, I felt a frustration that I wasn't heard, Mm. which of course is just another way of talking about listening. I think 
it's human nature to want to be heard. Yeah. And I used to actually have dreams about uh, with a frustrating feeling to them. And I think partly it was from not being heard by the key people in my life. Then I ran into a teacher. Um, the student was ready and the teacher appeared. And this teacher would do healing circles and retreats and she taught at Georgian court for a while. And she always listened fully. And for a while, I couldn't understand what made that so different. What was it that she was doing that had almost a sacred feel to it? And, and I, it dawned on me, she was listening fully. She was that heart with ears before I even knew that vision or that mm -hmm. experience. Um, and that led me to really start, like you said, after the, the grief method, start looking at, listening to, and observing pretty much the lack of listening. Mm -hmm. So it is a worthy thing to talk about. I'm so glad that you asked to do this. Um, and it's a beautiful practice. And I know mm -hmm. before our time together is over, we'll be talking about exactly how you do that. Mm -hmm. um, but yes, I find that people think they're listening, but they're really not. So I'm anxious to do this. Just maybe we can help some folks, including yeah. us, because mm -hmm. it is not an easy practice. This same teacher always used to say simple, never easy. And that's exactly what listening is. Mm -hmm. It's pretty simple. But it's not easy. Yeah. So I'm sure we'll get to some of the challenges and so forth as we talk today. So mm -hmm. I'm grateful to be doing this. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I know when I kind of tell my story, I kind of get frustrated when someone's not listening. And then it comes to a point where you can tell your story or whatever it is that you have on your mind so many times before you're like, all right, they're not listening. I'm not being heard. So then you kind of shut it off and then you kind of, you push down those emotions and you push down those thoughts and feelings. And then eventually for yourself, it can come bubbling up and bursting out in inappropriate ways. Yeah. So I think it's really, really important for people to just listen to other people's stories and to listen without waiting to respond because I know that's what that's what most people do they listen to respond and what am I going to say next and okay she's saying this or he's saying that and now what's my comeback going to be especially if it's in an argument in an argumentative state and that's not really helpful because you're not listening to what they have to say and you're kind of assuming Oh, they have, whether it's from past experiences you've had with this person, or if it's someone new, but it's your own past experiences that are kind of putting this filter on your current experience and you're not being present. Right. And it's just so, so needed, so needed. Because if people just stop to listen yeah i feel like though it would at least take another step towards becoming a better place well that's that's what i was going to say um 
it's, you know, as I'm sitting here listening to you, um, okay, so let's really talk about this. I'm sitting here listening to you and I hear what you're saying and I get it. And I'm like, yes, that's exactly right. And then I noticed that my mind was going to, oh, oh, I know where I want to go with this. I know what I want to <laughs> say. And so, oops, wait, I'm not listening, really. Mm -hmm. I'm not fully listening. Mm -hmm. um, so it's it's an interesting practice because talk about self-awareness. Mm -hmm. If you're really on this practice, it's like you start to notice, what is my mind doing? How mm -hmm. am I interacting with this person? But I'm going to jump to what I was going to say, what point came to mind as you were speaking. Um, that when we listen, it connects us. Mm -hmm. When we don't listen, it, it separates, which never feels good and causes pain. And the point is that it's not just relationships that you're in or coworkers that you're with, but we just came off of a political year mm -hmm. yeah. that speaks to how listening to someone fully really could change the world. Yeah. You know, politics, people don't listen in politics. People don't listen in um, in all scenarios, in all levels of our humanity. And I really think it could make a huge difference. So that's why, again, um, I hope that by the time we're done with this conversation that people understand what we're saying and we're not going off on tangents. But um, listening is so important. I want to read something to you, if that's okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, to, I, this is something that I jotted down uh, the other day, knowing that we were going to meet. To listen mindfully to another person. Stop. Stop doing anything else. Breathe naturally and simply listen without agenda to what is being said. As I said, simple, never easy. If thoughts about other things arise, gently let them go and return to the speaker's words. As responses arise in your own mind, wait until you've heard all that has to be said before replying. Try not to let your story overcome the speakers. Be curious. Don't assume that you know. Listen for feelings as well as for words. So that, that line about don't assume that you know, that's partly what you were saying. Yeah. Um, if I can just share a little bit personally that I've been married for 44 years mm. and you'd think that communication could be the, the best with someone that you've been with that long. And yet to don't, to not assume mm -hmm. what that, it's like you, you get into habitual um, conversations, assuming what the other person is saying, but you, if you can fully be present and really listen, you may be pleasantly surprised. You know, you're right. We come in with filters and we think we know, but maybe we don't. Mm -hmm. Or maybe this is a new day. This is a new moment. Maybe something has changed. And if you are not fully present and fully listening, we'll never know that. Yeah. So uh, again, it's a great conversation and a great practice and do you have another question because if not i i have somewhere that i want to take this to go ahead go ahead okay um i have been practicing this um pretty deeply for a while now this listening 
And actually, before we finish today, let's give some real techniques that other folks mm -hmm. can use. But I, there's a, a wall, there's a challenge for me, there's a difficult area for me. And that is when you are with someone who you're listening to, practicing your listening, mm -hmm. and they just go on and on and on and on. And not only that, they don't listen to you. They don't listen to me. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I'm never quite sure what to do with that. And it dawned on me, although again, it's simple, never easy, that to listen to them fully is to practice my patience, my compassion, my openness, and all of those practices will serve me. Those are self-care practices. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to keep trying. And I don't know if you ever ha have had that circumstance where you just get tired of being the heart with ears. <laughs> yes. And I think that's important because we're human. So it does happen where everyone, everyone has encountered a person that they complain and they go on and on and on and on. And then if you, after you've listened to them, then they don't want to do anything about it. They don't want to do anything to make their situation better. So then you're like, okay, you vented. Sometimes people just need to vent and that's okay. And then they come back a week later and it's the same thing over and over and they go on and on and on. And I know what's helped me is I let people vent like that twice. Because sometimes people aren't being heard and they need someone to just listen to them. And then after the second time, I tell them, okay, now what are we going to do about it? We have to do something about this. And if they don't want to do anything about it, then I tell them, okay, I'm sorry, but... Um, I can't listen to you until you want to do something else about it, which seems kind of, it can seem harsh. It, it can seem harsh, but you don't want people to get stuck in that rumination where they're over and over and over again. And I think by allowing them that those two times where you, and the key is where you're actually listening and you're present and you're not interrupting them and you're not, um, trying to give them tips before their story is over you just you are present and you are listening because maybe they haven't had that before but if you've done that two times most of the time they'll be like okay i've i've been heard i felt i've been heard so then i can move on because i think that's what people that's why people ruminate because they feel they haven't been heard and no one has really listened to them fully and mindfully so i think if you kind of because you do need to kind of set a personal boundary for yourself and that's a way to be uh compassionate and to listen but also have a boundary mm -hmm. that's that's a great idea and i may find that i use that and you know what when you do fully listen to that person and then maybe it 
twice and you set your boundary and they may come back to you because you then have become a trusted person who truly listened to them. They may come back a week later, a month later, a year later and say, I'm ready to do something because I can't live this way anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, this teacher that I mentioned before, she used to have an expression um, that I used to think was, I didn't get it. I used to think it was like sarcastic or I, I didn't get it, but now I get it. She used to say to someone after listening, she'd look at them eyeball to eyeball because she had been listening a heart with ears and she'd say, is that so? Mm-hmm. It's the inflection of how you say it. It's not a sarcastic, is that so? Mm-hmm. Is that so? Because when you ask someone that, if you're really with them, eyeball to eyeball, heart to heart, and have fully listened, they may sit back and think, well, I, it may, it's like a, it's like an interruption. Mm-hmm. It may be a way to, and I've seen it work with my teacher, it may be a way to kind of interrupt that, that sto- yes, that rumination and that storytelling over and over and over again. Is that so? So I don't know. Let, let's keep that in mind. And I'm going to start using that expression mm-hmm. um, because that is a challenging circumstance. And there's a lot of people who need to be heard and they need to be heard probably because they haven't been. Mm-hmm. So yeah. so that that's a good point. Yeah. So now I kind of want to get into how to listen. It seems, um, I laugh thinking about it because it, it seems pretty like... <laughs> like we should be able to do yeah, that, right? Yeah, like, um, what do you mean how <laughs> to listen? It's, but there are definitely tips and techniques that for you to truly listen. Mm-hmm. And just to be aware that it is a practice and you are going to catch yourself even doing this podcast that Carol's saying something. And like she said before, she thinks of a point and then I I think of a point and then you have to kind of, okay, acknowledge it and then just come back to being present. So it is a practice that you can do. Well, I'm I'm, going to respond to that and say that if we had a nickel for every time we use the word practice, yeah. you know, we wouldn't have to write grants for yeah. the center. It would be a great fundraiser. Um, but it is. It, this is something perhaps more than most of the practices we talk about. Because since we were born, since we spoke, this is something that is so in our weave um, of not knowing how to deeply listen. Mm-hmm. I will say that For me, once I began to practice in these healing circles, in the grief recovery method, is a great place to practice. Mm -hmm. Once I had a little bit of practice under my belt, what I found was, it was like, oh, this is really nice. I don't don't have to worry about what I'm going to say. I don't have to worry about fixing. I don't have to worry about having the right advice. It's like it's it's a time to rest. Yeah. But to get to that point, and I'm still practicing because I don't get there all the time. But to get to the point where you really know you don't have to do the other person is telling their story. They are speaking. It's not your turn. 
You don't have to do anything. It's almost like a sense of, oh, you know, your shoulders go down and it's a relief. Mm-hmm. And if you can practice, and we'll talk more about techniques, but if you can practice to the point where you get that relief, it's like, it'll take your practice then further because mm-hmm. it's like, wow, this is really nice. Yeah. So I just wanted to mention that I have gotten to that point. But again, I mean, I've been on the planet several decades, <laughs> and that habit of responding and fixing and and acknowledging and validating and you know even the thing about tissues you mentioned tissues Mm -hmm. and I have to back up because that's one of the things again that my teacher this teacher I really should name it's Dr. Robin Shapiro she's just a dear friend now and a wonderful teacher Um, but we would have these retreats and healing circles and classes and people would be doing their work and they'd be in tears and someone next to them would go to hand them a tissue and Robin would say no no and we'd all look at her like well that's what we do we're we're loving compassionate people she's crying we want to help let her me give her a tissue her nose no and it became so clear with practice in these healing circles that when you give someone a tissue that's your own agenda. Mm-hmm. Either you're uncomfortable yep. with the tears or you want to be the savior and the hero and hand them a tissue or whatever is behind that. But the truth is someone who's crying and doing their work and releasing or being or suffering, you know, we push suffering down. Sometimes mm-hmm. tears are awesome because we're getting to it. Yeah. We're looking at the wound. If they're crying and you hand them a tissue, it's like saying to them, no, stop. That's enough. Mm-hmm. You interrupt their healing process. Yeah. So that tissue thing, and you you know this when I first mentioned it in the grief recovery group, people look at me. I'm glad mm-hmm. you got it. Some people still probably are like, that's so mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? But if a person wants a tissue, they'll get it themselves or they'll ask for it, which is even better. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a time of rest to really just listen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think you brought this up a couple times about not trying to fix and not because that's what, and it kind of goes along with the tissue thing. It's because you're uncomfortable and you want to fix it for them. You want to help that person, but sometimes they just need to feel and let it go. And when you're listening, so we're going to get now into listening, but I want to say when you're listening, your goal, don't try and fix it. Don't fix their problem. Don't try and give them advice. If they want your advice or they want help trying to fix it, they're going to ask you, which is hard because for me, I'm a fixer. You're grieving. You're having a hard time. Let me help you get through this. And sometimes people don't need that or they don't want that. But if they, if that is something they want, like the tissue, they will ask for it. They will ask for the help. They'll ask for you to give advice or they'll ask for the tissue. Absolutely. So when people come to you to listen, they, there's a few things as to why that they're kind of talking to you. Either 
they're confused as to what's going on with them. Um, they're lonely. They just have no one to talk to. They think that they're the only one that's ever felt this way. They don't know where to begin. They don't know where to begin, so they just need someone to listen. So part of being a good listener is you have to understand them because they're going to be thinking, is this person going to understand me? Is this person going to judge me? That's, I think, really important because everyone judges, everyone does make judgments, um, but when you're listening, that's when you kind of put the judgments aside. They also want to know, are you going to tell anyone else? Is this going to be out on Facebook or is it going to get around into the circle and the community? Um, so those are kind of like the, that's why people need to talk. That's why they need you to listen. So when you're listening, you need to, and I think it's just so perfect, a heart with ears. You are just a heart with ears. Um, so can you, Carol, tell me what does that mean for you? to be a heart with ears. First of all, I'll preface by saying that there have been times, and I think it could be helpful, of course, all circumstances are different, but if someone comes and sits and wants to talk, wants to be heard, it wouldn't hurt to kind of, you know, here in the center, we have a framed picture of a heart with ears. I mean, somebody mm-hmm. found it on the internet. I'm not sure exactly where it came from, but <laughs> it's a picture of a red heart with ears. And it wouldn't hurt to either have here at the center that framed picture, but to say to the person, I'm going to be a heart with ears and fully listen. Mm-hmm. Because then that person knows at least that you are there for them. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's also an energetic thing. If you're a heart with ears, you're relaxed as the listener. You're breathing. Your mind is as empty as can be, which is why meditation certainly plays into Mm -hmm. this because that's not easy either. Um, if it's a scenario where you can, where it seems appropriate, you can say to the person, this is the heart with ears. That's what I'm going to be for you. I'm not here to judge. I'm not here to fix. You can put that all right on the table. Mm-hmm. Um, but they'll also, I think, get that energetically. Yeah. Um, you know, I think this, uh, you asked me a question, and I don't know if I answered it, but I'm kind of going mm-hmm. off on my own tangent that, There are so many scenarios now in the world where you know clearly when you're not being heard. Mm -hmm. And sadly, one of those is in the world of medicine. Mm -hmm. Um, And I want to go off a little bit on this tangent because, first of all, we've all experienced 
even before docs had the computer in their hands, mm -hmm. where they really couldn't even look up at you, where you just knew you were like on the assembly line and you weren't really being heard by a pretty important person, the doctor, mm -hmm. okay? Yeah. Um, that's always been troubling for me. I think it's caused all kinds of problems. And I know of a, an author who is also a physician some of you may know her name. It's Rachel Naomi Remen. She has her own fascinating story. But what she's doing now, and I want to read you a bit of what she says about listening. She is training doctors, other physicians, to listen. For the longest time, that was not part of their training, as we all pretty much know. Yeah. Um, but things are beginning to shift, and there may come a time when physicians take the time, have the time, and remember the Hippocratic Oath and sit themselves as a heart with ears and really listen to the person in front of them. Mm -hmm. I think if Rachel Naomi Remen gets to you uh, as your teacher, the chances are much better that that will happen. But listen to what she says about listening. Um, I'm just going to read a little bit out of her book called Kitchen Table Wisdom. Um, I read this years ago before listening was a practice of mine. Uh, but she says, I suspect that the most basic and powerful way to connect to another person is to listen. Just listen. Perhaps the most important thing we ever give each other is our attention, and especially if it's given from the heart. When people are talking, there's no need to do anything but receive them. Just take them in. Listen to what they're saying. Care about it. Most times, caring about it is even more important than understanding it. Mm -hmm. Most of us don't value ourselves or our love enough to know this. It has taken me a long time to believe in the power of simply saying, I'm so sorry, when someone is in pain and meaning it. Mm -hmm. And that alludes to what you were saying, Rich, about you want to ease someone's suffering. But chances are really good that you will just by listening. Mm -hmm. and being that heart with ears, and saying, I'm sorry. I think if we begin to practice with one another, it, whether it's in the grief group, or here at the center, or with the people that you love at home, um, or just with the clerk at the store, mm -hmm. to make listening a practice, being a heart with ears, taking this, this practice out into the world, I, um, I think it would be an awesome thing to meet and find out, well, what results have you seen or what have mm -hmm. people said back to you? Or I've had people that I don't even know get teary-eyed when they tell a little bit of their story and I just listen because energetically they know I'm just listening. Mm -hmm. So um, it's worthy and... This podcast, I'm hoping, um, is just the beginning. It's planting seeds with folks about how important important listening is. But, you know, maybe it's somehow a practice um, that we can gather together to um, talk about how is, it affects us and those around us because I have a suspicion that it would be quite interesting for us to gather together mm -hmm. and talk yeah. about that. So I can tell you briefly that this listening practice has um, 
has helped bring joy back to a 40 plus year marriage. So, you know, you'll have to read my book to get more detail. <laughs> um, but for terms of this conversation on this uh, podcast, to really be fully present and to listen like you're listening for the first time. And trust me, it is not easy. Uh-huh. Yeah. But we spin and we speed and we worry and we ruminate. And when you are just still and listen, it's powerful. Mm-hmm. Even, by the way, and this is one of the techniques I wanted to share, is even if you do it, let's not even talk about relationship or other people, which is really what we've been focusing on a bit here. But if you just go out into nature, or even sitting on your couch cozy in the morning with your dog, just sit and listen. Make that a practice. And what do you hear? Well, it may be as simple as, I don't know, the refrigerator running. Mm or cars in the distance on the parkway, or your dog breathing. I have pugs, so you can definitely hear them breathing. (laughs) But if you just take those few moments to listen, it is a, it's a meditation. Mm -hmm. And it will help when you are sitting with someone else. Mm -hmm. So that's a, a kind of a, I think a foundational practice if you're going to bring the practice of listening into your life, is mm-hmm. to just sit for a few minutes and just listen. It's amazing what you hear. Yeah. You can hear your heartbeat. Mm-hmm. You can certainly hear your breath. And that's a meditation. Yeah. Yeah. There's power in the in the gentle things and the simple things, isn't there? Yeah. It it really is. Um, it really is just the simple things that. Mm-hmm. provide so much amazement yeah. at least for me yeah because when you're in stillness of course then you um, have a sense of where was I five minutes ago or half an hour ago mm-hmm. or what was I yelling about yesterday because yeah. listen to the stillness yeah. and listen to my dog breathing and you know when I'm in stillness and I'm practicing my listening, I hear a, oh gosh, I'm not even sure what this is. Our friend Linda, the biofield mm-hmm. practitioner, may know better. But I think I hear the chi of the universe. There's an underlying vibration that I hear. Um, and it's really nice. Anyway, yeah. We've gone off on kind of a still, beautiful, (laughs) listening tangent. Um, (laughs) I think it was important. Um, So we touched a little bit about some of the things that make you a good listener. Um, One of those, the desire to be there. I think that's important. People can tell when you're distracted or you need to go somewhere else or if you're not fully present um friendly and sympathetic that's kind of the heart with ears that you want to be there and you care for this person eye contact and body language are also important so if you're 
constantly looking around the room or your arms are crossed or your legs are crossed, that's going to convey to the speaker that you are not listening, you don't care. So instead, make eye contact without staring, um, which I think I kind of understand that. I'm not sure how to explain that, but it's just like a, I would say it's a soft, a soft gaze with your eye contact and not like an intense yeah, gaze Yeah, soft with eyes. It. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Mm -hmm. Soft eyes. Mm -hmm. Your arms are open because um, that conveys whether it's there in your lap um, or by your side because that conveys an openness and you're ready to receive. Um, make sure you're patient. You're not kind of tapping your toe or like, looking at your watch or looking at your, <laughs> yeah, looking at your watch or looking at your cell phone. Um, cause then people, it's going to shut down that emotional release and then they're not going to get that release from you listening. Um, Say, um, I like to, I'm still here phrases so that people know that you're listening, whether it's a mm-hmm or an okay or a wow or an oh, just to let the other, the speaker know that you're listening. Also remembering important points in what they're saying so that after they have listened, you can then after they have spoken after they yes mm -hmm. after they have spoken mm -hmm. sorry after they have spoken you can kind of reiterate some of the important points and then they did listen to me they yeah. did hear what i was saying and what an awesome practice for the listener mm -hmm. to keep your mind from floating away so it's almost as if you want to pay attention because you care, but also because let's pretend I'm going to get tested on this. Mm -hmm. You know, there's going to be yeah. a pop quiz yeah. after this. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, to really pay attention. And, and that's a kind of a practice within the practice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those are all beautiful points. Yeah. You know, while you were talking, Rich, it dawned on me that a handful, probably more if I spent more time thinking about it, a handful of the people that I honor and trust and love and want to be with are the ones who are listening, or the ones who hear me, mm -hmm. the ones who do some of these things that we're talking about. And I know that they're there. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's powerful. Yeah. It's very powerful. Mm -hmm. it, and just it does make a difference that those those are the people that you want to be around and those are the people that you cherish the ones that listen to you the ones that make you feel heard your voice heard mm -hmm. and earlier today before we started recording the podcast uh, you shared with me a wonderful meditation mm. that we're gonna mm. wrap up this episode with so that you can kind of you have a little exercise that you can do on your own mm. before you go out into the world and 
Yeah, this. I would love to do that. And um, maybe because it's a great way to end the podcast, let me throw in one more um, suggestion for a technique that folks might want to use um, that works for me. It has been working for me. And that would be that when you awaken in the morning, perhaps while your eyes are even still closed, that is a good time to practice listening. So we were talking about how, you know, going out in nature or sitting with your dog. If you awake in the morning, and again, simple, never easy, because most of us are in a routine, you know, you wake up and you do what you do and you get up and you put your feet on the floor and here we go, whether it's whatever pace it's at, but your habits are already in place. Yes. But if you choose to try this listening practice, when you wake up, you're still in bed, your eyes are closed, and just be still and listen. And what do you hear? You can either make the intention that I'm going to hear five things before I get up, or I'm just going to take a couple of seconds to just enjoy what I'm listening. Enjoy the fact that I can hear and start your day that way. And then, before you get up, you may want to set the intention that throughout this day yet to come, you choose two times when you want to stop, be still, and again, just listen. So rather than, my suggestion would be, rather than kind of, you know, set your alarm on your clock to do it at noon and at five, for example, I would suggest trying to remember and to practice when you feel like you're spinning or you're ruminating or, you know, if you become aware of that, like you're worrying about what happened yesterday, you know what happens within our minds. Stop yourself and go, oh, this would be a great time. And just breathe and be still and listen. What is it that you hear? The tick of a clock, although very few of us have clocks that tick anymore. But just take a few minutes and be still and listen. So those are a couple of ways um, that folks can listen. I like to use music as uh, with intention to practice listening. If you choose like, um, I don't know, do they still call it new age? Is that the category that it's called? I call it new age music. I, I think so. Is yeah. that what they call it? Okay. Mm-hmm. So in other words, it's relatively slow pace, probably not a lot of lyrics, but there's a lot of vibration in new age music for the most part. In fact, if you can find something with Sakahachi flute, oh, that's the best. <laughs> and make the intention to sit and listen to that music and truly listen. So you're listening for the vibration, you're listening for how it makes you feel. You may be listening to maybe how your body has responded to it. So yes, you're enjoying it, but there's a little bit deeper practice to it. Your intention is to make this part of a listening practice. Um, And it's a lovely way to do it. So I just wanted to throw in that music yeah, and Sakahachi flute. Are you familiar with that? I don't. I'm gonna. Have oh, to try. Rich, you are the <laughs> music man. It <laughs> oh, it's the best. Oh. They say that master 
I hope I don't misspeak because I'm not an expert, but they say that if you are a ma considered a master at Sakahachi flute, your sound, your flute will sound like a weeping mother. Uh, it's so moving. Not that if you listen, it will make you cry, although it might. And, you know, I'm all for that. Yes. Uh, and so are you. Yeah. yeah. But it's wonderful. Sakahachi flute. Sakuhachi. I think it's a U there in the middle, if you want to look it up. Yeah. I'll um, put a link in the description. Okay, great. Um, yeah, I can't think of a, a specific album, but it's just wonderful. Um, do we have time for the we meditation? Do have time. Yes. Okay, so for those of us here in this lovely room, and for those of you listening, of course, if you're listening in your car, I wouldn't suggest following along, but <clears throat> begin already to settle into wherever you're sitting. Maybe have your feet firmly grounded, placed on the floor. Let your shoulders relax and your jaw relax. And begin to use your breath as your anchor. Just watch your breathing. The inhale. And the exhale. Probably best that your eyes are gently closed. And we're going to explore in this meditation listening. How it is that you listen. And in order to do that, find in your mind or see in your mind, your mind's eye, a person with whom you frequently have interaction and conversation and perhaps there's a little bit of an edge or disharmony with that person when you communicate. Bring that person into your mind. Imagine the individual sitting in front of you and begin to recall the nature of what takes place between you when you communicate. Notice the atmosphere that's present. Is it rushed or relaxed? Is it calm or on edge? Is humor present? Is caring present? about trust. Notice the climate of the two of you sitting together. Now focus on your own self as you spend time with the other. When they are speaking, how much attention are you giving them? Are you preoccupied with anything else? Are you anticipating what you will say or what they're about to say? 
What thoughts are running through your mind? Just what are you doing as you listen? How receptive are you? Just notice what is often the case. Are you dismissing them in some way? Or judging them somehow? What is happening in your body? In your heart? Is there anything you're grasping for? Anything you're avoiding? Do you shut them out in some way? What's keeping you separate? Just what are you doing as you listen? What are you concerned about? Is there anything you need to prove or protect? In what ways do you connect heart to heart? Imagine simply sharing in the presence of each other. As though each moment now is a fresh moment, as in fact it is. Breathe out the ways you distance yourself from the moment. Breathe it all out. Let go of whatever pulls you out of being fully present. Allow yourself to live in present time with the other. Honor the relationship. Give yourself permission to be fully present, to share presence. Let go of what preoccupies you. Let go of what keeps you separate. Be present together. Be a heart with ears. In this space, you will receive the gift of knowing another. Listening, sharing presence, honoring another with full presence. Let yourself simply be with the other person. Sharing presence is a gift. In listening space, you can even hear silence. The space between you is sacred space. Only the authentic is compatible with this space. Here, truths are shared different truths. There is ample room for everyone's truth. Here, you have the courage to be real. Each person has their own process, their own reasons, their own dreams. Let yourself be so quiet inside 
that you invite their story. Simply listening. Heart listening. Listening in wholeness. Listening to wholeness. Listening. And with ease, begin to notice the chair again that you are sitting in. Your other has gently drifted out of your mind. And when you feel fully ready, you can open your eyes. Thank you for listening today. listening practice be fruitful and peaceful. And worthy. That was wonderful. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me, Carol. I hope everyone listening um, gets better with listening, have a better understanding of what it means to listen. And until next time, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Sharing Connections. Join us next week for a new exclusive interview. You can find this podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Visit our website, www.thecenterforconsciouscaregiving.org for more information about the wonderful work we do. You can also find us on Facebook, The Center for Conscious Caregiving. If you have any questions, comments, or thoughts, please email them to me at info at thecenterforconsciouscaregiving.org. I'm Rich Carney. Thank you so much for allowing me to share this connection with you. Have a wonderful week.